thank you very much for listening to me today. I really appreciate it. Um, this podcast. Thank you for sharing my podcast. I really appreciate it. That's just freaking awesome. I have been racking my brain in the last couple of days to see what this episode is about. And as you know, I haven't done one in a couple of weeks. And I just want to regularly do one, an episode. Now, I do read a lot. And um, there's two books that I want to share with you about, talk with you about that I've been reading on this episode. One is The Psychology of Flow by um, somebody that I can't pronounce. Chalinskiski? I don't know. Um, and then the other one is um, uh, something about obstacles. The obstacle is the way. And I'll go over that um, either both of those books for you so you don't have to read it. Now, The Psychology of Flow is really a textbook that um, college professors give out to their students. So um, it's really dense and that's cool. But the main reason why I started reading Flow, what that is, is imagine that you go to a black church or a, another church with a guitar and and drums and everybody's waving their hands in the air they're all in this mood or if you get into work or you get into a game and you're totally immersed in the game and every and time seems to fly by i've been reading this book for a while now it's a very large book flow and um i jump around books a lot just so you know but I opened, uh, I have some quotes that I highlighted and then I'll also go into the popular quotes and talk about them. I'm only about fourth way of the, of the way done, but hopefully after this episode, you'll be able to get into a state of flow a little bit more. This is, um, this is in, um, um, page 28. It seems we can manage, at most, seven bits of information, such as differentiated sounds or visual stimuli, or recognizable nuances of emotion or thought at any one time, and that the shortest time it takes to discriminate between one set of bits and another is about one-eighteenth of a second. By using these figures, one concludes that it is possible to process, at most, 126 bits of information per second or 7,560 per minute or almost half a million per hour over a lifetime of 70 years and counting 16 hours of waking time each day this amounts to about 185 billion bits of information it is out of this total that everything in our life must come every thought memory feeling or action it seems like a huge amount but in reality it does not go that far. So that actually does coincide with my hypnosis training. We say 7 to 12 bits of information, and we're usually receiving about 250 bits of information at a second. So 
if we're in an environment that's not conductive to the flow state, that's going to bring us out of the flow state. It's going to bring up the messages into a conscious mind and bring us out. And then if we are in the flow state, we're not going to even notice the bits of information because we're because all of those all of the 250 bits of information that we're getting per hour or per minute um goes in and we don't even have to think about it when i'm in virtual reality bang 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 boom 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 just playing the game and i'm not even knowing where i am in the room even let's see Okay, every piece of information we process gets evaluated for its bearing on the self. Does it threaten our goals? Does it support them? Or is it neutral? So um, we get a piece of, so if you're driving on the, on the freeway and you're in deep thought, listening to the radio or talking with a friend and you exit the freeway off ramp, like normal, without even thinking about it. Someone stops right in front of you, that's a piece of information that sends up a red flag, sending you automatically to step on the brake. And that can kick you out of flow state and jar you, actually. Oops. So I'm only 28% done with flow. So I'll be going back to this in the future when the information that keeps coming into awareness is congruent with goals psychic energy flows effortlessly so if you're in a place where i said that before it makes a little more sense um if your your environment or the friends you're with is conducted to the flow state meaning everything's going good and everything's going great then um then then the psychic energy or the flow happens easily and effortlessly when a person is able to organize his or her consciousness as so as to experience flow as often as possible the quality of life is inevitably going to improve Nobody likes being bored, and nobody likes being exercised, exercised to the point of fatigue, or in your fatigue, having to have grit to persevere. Anyone who has experienced flow knows that the deep enjoyment it provides requires an equal degree of discipline and concentration. There are two main strategies we can adopt to improve the quality of life. The first is to try making external conditions match our goals. The second is to change how we experience external conditions to make them fit our goals better. 
For instance, feeling secure is an important competent component of happiness. The sense of security can be improved by buying a gun, installing strong locks on the front door, moving to a safer neighborhood, exerting political pressure on City Hall for more police protection, or helping the community to become more conscious of the importance of civil order. All these different responses are aimed at bringing conditions in the environment more in line with our goals. The other method by which we can feel more secure involves modifying what we mean by security. If one does not expect perfect safety, recognizes that risks are inevitable, and succeeds in enjoying a less than ideal predictable world, the threat of insecurity will not have as great a chance of marring happiness. The waiting rooms of psychiatrists are filled with rich and successful patients who in their 40s or 50s suddenly wake up to the fact that a plush suburban home, expensive cars, and even an Ivy League education are not enough to bring peace of mind. Yet people keep hoping that changing the external conditions of their lives will provide a solution. If only they could earn more money, be in better physical shape, or have a more understanding partner, they would really have it. Even though we recognize that material success may not bring happiness, we engage in an endless struggle to reach external goals, expecting that they will improve life. It's grit versus flow. The bottom line is, rather how we feel about ourselves and about what happens to us to improve life, one must improve the quality of experience. So if you do anything, the goal is to be in flow and have that come easily and effortlessly. And when I was reading about when the keys to flow, you got to have a standard of... of challenge and you have to be challenged just a little bit not and you have to um, have the skill to overcome that challenge and so there are plateaus on, on learning curves when you get to a plateau and you're just kind of stuck at your current skill level try raising the challenge a little bit and going for that challenge and you'll get back into flow easier and here's the thing on money money can increase or decrease happiness depending on how it is used yeah instead of worrying about how to make a million dollars or how to win friends and influence people it seems more beneficial to find out how everyday life can be made more harmonious and more satisfying. Wouldn't that be great? Figuring out how to make normal life more harmonious and satisfying. Enjoyment appears at the boundary between boredom and anxiety. When the challenges are just balanced with the person's capacity to act. That's what I was saying earlier. 
Anyways, take this break. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Hope you enjoyed my reading. I got about five more hours of reading in this book. And now when we come back, I'm going to read um, a little bit of quotes out of The Obstacle is the Way, if you haven't heard that already. On to a little tidbits of information that I've been learning about The Obstacle is the Way. We decide what we will make of each and every situation. We decide whether we'll break or whether we'll resist. We decide whether we'll assent or reject. No one can force us to give up or to believe that something is untrue. That's the first quote that I highlighted, recognizing your power. There is no good or bad without us. There is only perception. There is the event itself and the story we tell ourselves about what it means. It's really interesting to, to just internalize. What such a man needs is not courage, but nerve control. Cool headiness, this he can get only by practice. Theodore Roosevelt. Would you have a great empire? Rule over yourself. Publius Cyrus. I like this book. I can't wait till I finish it. Let's see here. Does getting upset provide you with no with more options. Okay, does getting upset provide you with more options? So something goes bad and you're getting all angry and frustrated. Does it really help you? The answer is probably no. And so next time your wife or your kids piss you off, be like, eh, no big deal. I can fix this. It's not gonna I'm not gonna even remember it a year from now. How horrible it is now. It's just an inconvenience. A year from now, I won't even remember this time, or two years, or whatever. You know, it's not going to be. It's not that important. If what's up to us is the playing field, then what is not up to us are the rules and conditions of the game. So, it's that like that old um, alcoholic anonymous prayer: "Help me control the things that I can control." And help me not worry about the things that I can't. It's very important. And they brought it up here. The trick to forgetting the big picture is to look at everything close up. Chuck Palahniuk. And we see here. So do yourself a favor and run down the list of businesses starting during depressions or economic crises. Fortune, FedEx, UPS, Walt Disney, Hewlett Packard, Charles Schwab, Standard Oil, Coors, Costco, Revlon, General Motors, Procter & Gamble, United Airlines, Microsoft, LinkedIn.
point is that most people start from disadvantage, often with no idea they are doing so, and do just fine. It's not unfair, it's universal. Those who survive it survive because they took things day by day. That's the real secret. It doesn't matter whether this is the worst time to be alive or the best, whether you're in a good job market or a bad one, or that the obstacle you face is intimidating or burdensome. What matters is that right now is right now. It does take me a little bit of effort to get on the computer and figure out what I'm going to say. It's just good to sit down and turn on. I would like to be an author of a fiction novel. I'm persevering, just doing it. It's really harder than it looks. So I'm trying to write a fiction novel, but I can't get it to come out. I'm going to just sit there and plot or, you know, I'm working on it. Remember that this moment is not your life. It's just a moment in your life. Our perceptions determine to an incredibly large degree what we are and what we are not capable of. In many ways, they determine reality itself. When we believe in the obstacle more than the goal, which will inevitably triumph. For instance, think of artists. It's their unique vision and voice that pushed the definition of art forward. What was possible for an artist before Caravaggio and after he stunned us with his dark masterpieces were two very different things. Plug in any other thinker or writer or painter in their own time, and the same applies. What if conventional wisdom is too conservative? It's this all-too-common impulse to complain, defer, and then give up that holds us back. An, an entrepreneur is someone with faith in their ability to make something where there was nothing before. To them, the idea that no one has ever done this or that is a good thing. When given an unfair task, some rightly see it as a chance to test what they're made of, to give it all they've got, knowing full well how difficult it will be to win. They see it as an opportunity because it is often in that desperate nothing-to-lose state that we are our most creative. Laura Ingrel Wilder put it, there is good in everything if only we look for it. Yet we are so bad 
without looking, we close our eyes to the gift. Imagine Imagine if you'd been in Eisenhower's shoes with an army racing towards you and you could see only impending defeat. How much longer would the war have gone on? How many more lives lost? It's our preconceptions that are the problem. They tell us that things should need to be or a certain way. So when they're not, we naturally assume that we are at disadvantage or that we'd be wasting our time to pursue an alternate course when really it's all fair game and every situation is an opportunity for us to act it doesn't matter what happens to you or where you came from it matters what you do with what happens and what you've been given Anyway, that's my um little, it's actually been about 30 minutes, so appreciate you for listening to me. Please share it on Facebook or LinkedIn or TikTok, whatever you use for your social media. I could use the help. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing this. It's just sitting out and doing it. I would appreciate your encouragement. Thank you. Go visit my podcast description. And website at immortalself.org. I would like to thank my friend Chad, who's given me two beautiful dogs one scaredy cat and one really outgoing, friendly pooch. Appreciate that, Chad. And I want to say thank you to everybody that shouted out my podcast, making me more popular. Uh, also listening to my loyal, loyal customers, my loyal fan base there. It's very small. It's more less than on your ten fingers. But almost just one more, maybe, depending on the week. So um, I really appreciate you guys. Chat out. Please help me, support me, encourage me. I'd like to um, buy some subscrip- a subscription to Mindful Magazine. That's ten bucks a month to some little mindful mindfulness there not able to make that yet but uh, in the future i hope so anyway have a nice day guys